Hi, humans. Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Aseki Sashri. She is the CEO and founder of Ashi Beauty the first Native American-owned and operated luxury skincare and cosmetics brand in the United States. She is a proud Diné, Navajo tribal member, and African-American woman. The odds were against her as she faced social and economic challenges as a dark-skinned Native American woman. This gave her the fuel she needed to build Ashi Beauty. She gets to showcase that we as Native Americans, indigenous people, are diverse. We're not the pervasive images the media continues to perpetuate. In Navajo, Ashi means this is me, this is mine. Ashi beauty, this is my beauty. Her customers set their own beauty standards, and she feels it's her responsibility that when her customers look in the mirror, they see themselves, feel empowered, and continue to love the skin they are in. Ashi Beauty has the opportunity to help the 500-plus recognized reservations that are ignored. For the first time in history, they have a beauty brand with two locations that proudly operates both on and off a tribal reservation. She's also in the position to expand and scale to exponential heights. All tribes across the country can relate to Ashi Beauty. As the face of the brand, she is always pushing the narrative to show the world that we are here, and indigenous beauty will be recognized and respected. Ashi Beauty is going to bring positive change to the beauty industry. They are a part of the movement that is resetting and reshaping beauty standards. The beauty industry can now include a member from the reservation at the table. She represents hope to her people. She's ready to work, learn, and be the next timeless, iconic beauty brand. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I mean, like, I get chills talking, like, listening to my own bio. I was like, oh God. Yes. <laughs> oh God. It's so weird to have them, like, I wrote it, but it's still so much different when someone reads it. It's like, oh. It's a big what deal. Is that? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's, whoa. The entire thing is about empowerment. It's mm-hmm. about the bringing people into the fold, right? Like, that's what it feels like mm-hmm. to me, at least. It feels very, very uh, global. Yes. The part yes. That, the, that gets me is the. The part this is the the beauty industry can now include a member from the reservation at the table. That gives me chills mm-hmm. because uh, the inclusivity of res- the reservation and people who are you know living on or off the reservation, indigenous people from all kinds of backgrounds and um, looks and dynamics and cultures. It, it just represents them all all together. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like the beauty industry. It's time. It's time for the beauty industry yeah. to have 
representation of, of, of native people. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy and honored that you said yes to be on the podcast today. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. I'm honored to be here and uh, like just to share the story, you know, and I yeah. feel like that's the, that's the meat and potatoes of any brand is the story. Why is this crazy lady doing what she doing? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. you know? So true. And that's what we're about. We're about the stories and, um, well, that being said, I mean, you just kind of led us up to that first question. Why? Why do you do this? Why is this important to you? Well, you know, like you said, you know, the wait is over. It's about time that we have a seat at the table authentically. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a res kid. I grew up on the reservation. I know exactly what it's like to, you know, I was born in a, res, in a IHS hospital. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> I, you know, I went to school on the res and I even worked for my tribe and went off to school, came back. But growing up, you know, people don't think that they think, one, we're just stuck in the middle of nowhere. But we're right. we're always wearing beauty products. My grandma, um, my great great grandma, she would order from Avon a long time ago. So mm-hmm. they were always on point on making sure they smell good and they look good. Yeah. But. What was it? it was like they just could not find her foundation match. So yeah. my grandma just stopped buying powder foundation because she was like, I look so white. I'm like a ghost. And I'm like, <laughs> and then it was like my mom, too. And, you know, my whole all my aunties, I'm a, I'm a family full of women. So everybody we just had a hard time finding their foundation shade. Yeah. Or they'll have to buy two types of foundations and become their own color chemist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? And as I grew up. I noticed, you know, I don't see myself in these in the fashion magazine, beauty magazines. I'm like, where am I? I go to the stores. I don't see myself. Like, probably the closest thing I got is probably, you know, and I'm African American, so I can kind of see a light skin, you know, African American girl model. Like, okay, she has hair like me, something, but still, it doesn't go back to who I am as a than that woman. And I was like, man. And finally got to college, and I was like, okay, you know what? I was studying physiology and biochem. I'm a nerd. And <laughs> yeah, shout out to the nerds. So, yeah, shout out to the nerds. Just, I was like, finding like the, the science behind it all, you know, like what is in our makeup? Mm. <laughs> and then start to really get into it. I was like, oh my God, what are we doing? And my uh, co- uh, colleague, Handu, my VP of Asha Science, and he's the one that really helped me. Pretty much, he kind of pushed me into it. It's like, just do it, do it. Yeah. So in biochem, we were dissecting, uh, you know, plant bases, and I was like, oh, look what this can do. <gasps> and then I guess the business side of me went cha-ching. Yes. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> but it just took a long time. I'm not gonna lie, it took me some time. But the thing is, bottom line is representation. Mm. I grew up. My parents grew. My mom grew up. My great grandmother grew up, and. My grandma, we all grew up without seeing ourselves. And I was like, that's wrong. Yeah. I got tired of waiting for these major beauty brands for to represent us. Like there's some beautiful native models and no one was no one picked them up. Like what the heck? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. So Ashi Beauty was created and you know, it's time. We're we need to be represented correctly and respectfully and authentically. You know, everyone can relate to a res kid. Doesn't matter what res you're from. You understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. So I'm curious. So when you first started doing uh, the beauty product stuff, did you like? I mean, clearly you have to have like some sort of test subjects, right? Like other than just yourself. Like, did you have like a community that came around you to really like champion this for you? And 
and be the guinea pigs or was this or was this something that was like totally self-start and self-sustained I use my whole family. I ain't gonna lie. They yeah. are the A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So you're like every single every single foundation exactly. in the line is just a, a shade of somebody mm-hmm. in your family. Exactly. Because like again, like I guess the world doesn't understand like indigenous people, native people, we're different shades. Yeah. We're very diverse. And my family, we are like different shades of browns, but we're all one family. Yeah. And and that's what I get to really get to help showcase. Like yeah. from my reservation, again, it's the largest. And we are largest in the land wise and largest in population. So we are super diverse. You know, a girl from the eastern to western or northern and the southern <laughs> of my reservation, we're all one people, but we're very diverse and you know, shades and shapes and, and structure, period. Right. So yeah, my family really helped me the most. Um, and they're just so supportive. So I love them. So this wouldn't have been without them. Like I cannot say I built this by myself because I didn't. Yeah. I built it with my family, my close friends, and, you know, a lot of love and support and a lot of prayer built this. So yeah, yeah my family were my test, my test tubes. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. So uh, you kind of referenced back when you were talking about the biochem stuff that you you started into into plant-based makeup like ingredients and stuff like that i'm I'm curious does that does that uh the drive to use plant-based sustainable materials and stuff like that in your makeup does that derive from traditional practices of wanting to use natural stuff or is that just something that kind of came along and was like something that was marketable i was like both honestly because like back at home growing up everything that we use easy it's recycled or it's reused you know nothing goes to waste and the plant-based part of like ingredients being natural you know having like the highest grade of natural extracts in our products you know i just want to make sure the customer gets the best of the best um i try my best to make sure i don't um i protect the sacred as much as i can as well as um you know moving forward in being innovative in the industry yeah so my whole theory of you know one making sure the number one goal is to make sure our customers have the best of the best in products make sure that you know the moisturizer actually moisturizes yeah (laughs) you know the cleanser is actually clean doesn't leave your skin dry you know and that was like the goal is just quality yeah. And for me to become, you know, the next Times Iconic Beauty brand, I'm going to have to really step up to what I'm saying I'm going to be. So the thing is, um, you know, the plants have been here forever. Mm. You know, it's just, you know, having to just go back to it and, you know, really just source the best ingredients for yeah. that's healthy for our skin. Because our skin is the largest organ in our body from the skincare all the way into the cosmetics. And everything that, like for my compacts and everything, they're all reusable. Mm. So you don't have, plus you get to save money. And I'm really, I'm not putting myself <laughs> out there. You know, some other brands, they were like, nope, you got to buy the whole compact all over again. Yeah. Me, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, negative, keep your compact, just order the refill. Like, because I understand, like I say, I'm, I'm a different type of beauty brand. Mm. I'm a beauty brand that's conscious about what my consum- my consumers are doing. Or what yeah. they're going through, you know. I'm here not just to become rich and famous. You know, I'm trying to leave a legacy. Of I guess my definition of success is 
not the, like most people. My definition of success and for me to become that is when my whole people is successful. Mm. Then I can say I'm successful. Until then, I'm still in the trenches. Doesn't matter where I'm at right now. I'm still in the trenches. I'm still trying to make sure that the unemployment rate, the poverty rate on my reservation and other reservation across Turtle Island is down to zero. I want to be that change. I want to be yes. that impact yes. for the people. That's huge. So I just a bit ago, I think I heard you mention in your process that you wanted to maintain the sacred. Can you, mm -hmm. for us and for our audience, can you elaborate on what your spirituality or your just your traditional upbringing, what that looks like? Definitely, definitely. So I grew up very traditionally, which means I pretty much I practice our Denehwea life. Um, I speak, read, write in our Dene language, and you know, which means we I pray to the Creator and all the gods. We have a lot of them, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, a lot of them, and um, so it's kind of hard to really. I guess we're really more spiritual, yeah. And uh, we we have this thing called it's not a thing. It, it's it's um it's like a it's called hojon and it's like i, I talk, talk about it all the time hojon is this balance mm -hmm. and that's when you're in tune you're solid with everything around you mm -hmm. you know all living things mm -hmm. you know from the from ants to the insects to the leaves and the plants that's out there and the animals and all human beings that all the elements in the world when you have that hojon you know you pretty much can really move and groove where you need to go. You know, yeah. it's just that peace, that inner peace and being able to be one with Mother Earth and Father Sky and everything. So it's very deep. This is like a very deep spiritually because, you know, the world already is like chaotic. So right now I really push, you know, that. And when I'm going back to your question about protecting the sacred, it's, you know, like our homeland, our our where we live, like the, the government tries to, you know, try to take out, trying to drill in the Grand Canyon, which is the Grand Canyon is like one of our sacred spaces. Mm. Or, you know, even knocking like the, the pipelines and, and everything, you know, the thing that disrupt Mother Earth, that's sacred. Yeah. And then also it gets a little deeper too. It's like the patterns, the rug designs that we see everywhere. Mm. I'm from a family that's or, that are weavers. So understanding the symbols of each pattern and understanding the time and the teaching that was passed down from generations and generations goes into the, making these drugs and making these, these remarkable patterns. You know, it's deeper than that and that's sacred. Yeah. So that's why my package is like plain jank. You know, it's just black, <laughs> white, classic. Because yeah. like some of those things, I, I personally, personally feel, just my own opinion, that I need to keep protected. Because when it looks beautiful, don't get me wrong, but it, the thing is, I, if I was to print it on my boxes, mm. guess what? That box goes to trash. Yeah. Then what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> what's the point? But I can always talk about it. I can educate people about it, tell the stories behind it. So I feel like that's where I come in as, a, as an indigenous brand is just to help educate, help share the stories. So when others do come across a Navajo rug, they're like, oh, Miss Lesage said it's this, this, and this, and this. Okay, you have a better connection with it, you know. If you do own a piece of our, or of our artifacts, you know, you'll have more pride in it. Right. You know, you'll know, you'll feel it. You, you'll have that connection with it, and you know, it's just not something that you just bought. It's a piece of that artist. 
Yeah. So that's my whole thing is just, you know, protecting the sacred. It's, it's the land. It's our language. It's in our artwork, you know, just protecting that. But, but I feel like it's still, we're in a world where we can't, it's not one person. It's, all, it's ours. So I feel that for us to connect day by day is just to educate each other and just to tell the story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with your, you know, the way you grew up and growing up on the reservation and being taught, you know, from day one, from the moment you were born and in these um, spiritual practices and, and culture and heritage, um, it's, I guess you would definitely say, I think you'd mentioned that it, it's more of a spiritual practice than, than a religion. It's a way of life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so is there, I'm, I'm Ojibwe and I would, I did not um, live on the reservation. Some of my cousins, they were born and raised on the reservation. And so I go up there and I visit them and we talk, but I'm still in a place in my life where I am having to find uh, ways to reconnect and learn more about my tradition and my culture and my heritage as an Ojibwe woman, um, but also recognizing the how I grew up and um, wanting to ease my way, but also wanting to throw my throw myself into all the practices, but wanting to do it in a way that's um, that's right and honorable. And I, you know, was asking my cousin a couple of weeks ago. I um, he, he does live on the reservation, and um, they also teach um, Native history. And um, I was asking him what like what I could read. Is there anything? because I didn't grow up around the cultures, there's, is there anything that I can read and anything that I can um, glean from uh, here living in Nashville, Tennessee about my reservation that's, you know, in Canada? Like, how can I learn? And um, so he recommended a couple books to me. And it's it's really, it's hard to, it's hard to find things written because so much of our heritage and culture is like you mentioned before stories and telling stories and passing down um by by teaching and by lifestyle and by being immersed uh, in the culture and um and so i so i guess my my question and my my point is is there was there anything uh like a book is there anything within your um dine traditions and cultures where you could you know reference Write, uh, writings or reference anything mm-hmm. like that or was it all just familial and passed down to you well honestly there's everything has been really taught down like mm-hmm. taught to mm-hmm. us and yeah. you know i'm very blessed to actually meet and you know share time with my great-great-grandmother mm-hmm. and you know i have my grandparents with me to this day and then you know my parents so and then our i guess our our indigenous way of life or native way of life like we're, we're very family oriented yeah so but um and everybody just continues to teach you know stories and you know different things in life but you know i always want to learn more mm. you know yeah and so there are books out there oh there's tons of books and and in my culture at least yeah um that i dibble and dabble in and i'm so (laughs) glad that we do have you know some navajo um authors out there but my thing honestly is always asking questions Mm. um even like my my friends and you know i ask talk to their elders sometimes if it's not my family you know just to, to see 
if there's if they're similar, you know, because our reservation again is so big and some of our yeah. teachings are a little different from the Eastern and the Northern and the Western, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of cool to see, you know, how much our culture evolves. Yeah. But, um, but yes, oh my goodness, there's so many books. I, you know, I'll, I'll definitely email you a list because yeah. I can't even think of them on top of my head, sure. but you can definitely share with your, uh, with the listeners. Okay. Awesome. Ones that I've uh, went through, my mom recommends too, but, um, I'll send you a list. Yeah. But my thing is, um, I'm a person that I don't know everything. So I'm mm-hmm. constantly learning yeah. as to this day. Um, and I highly recommend others that, you know, to try to continue to learn yeah. every bit of it. Like you're going to find it. I know like we have the digital too. We just, we just know we evolve and that's why we're so resilient, mm. you know, mm-hmm. because it's in us, it's in our DNA, it's in our spirit to know. Yeah. And we're going to find it. So you're going to find it real soon. <laughs> and, you know, you have your family and that's what makes us even stronger. It's like our culture is what keeps us alive. That's what kept us away from, you know, that's why we're still here is our culture, our language. And they cannot take that away from us. So I feel like right now we have the power of technology. Mm. And this is where we have to come together more than anything. All tribes. I feel like this is a generation for us. They're trying to wipe us out. So yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is the generations like, no, we get to balance both traditional world, modern world. And guess what? We're still here. We're going to be at this. We're going to be rocking and rolling in the big cities, too. Yeah. We're going to be, you know, the next on the Forbes list, you know, Fortune 500. We're going to do yeah. it while being traditional, you know. So mm. that's I feel like that's that's where we're at now. Yeah. We're we're at that moment in this time right now, this crazy pandemic. This is a time where we can really find our version. Yeah. We're really get to find who we are mm. as yeah. our individual selves. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you you say we live in a in a interesting and cool time with technology and ways that we can learn things. And I have found the little corner of the world on TikTok and on Instagram that's <laughs> native. And it's been really it's been really fun for me to to learn so much, I did realize how vast the Navajo Nation is. It's 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 very vast, <laughs> and um, just finding uh, the way that so many. I I don't even want to say like the age because it's from like you know Gen Z to like millennials mm-hmm. and all over who are making like these Instagram reels and TikToks and videos and all these things. Mm-hmm. I feel like really coming. Um, a lot of indigenous young people are really coming out and blending the, like you said, the modern and the tra- traditional. And it's, it's in a way that's really, it's beautiful, but it's also very uh, educational. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I, anyway, so, and I love that. And I also, I know that your beauty brand is also on, you know, Instagram and it has its own, vibe and um uh, anyway I just I feel like there's so much right now that's happening um so much more attention it feels like and maybe Mm -hmm. it's perhaps it's maybe because I'm looking for it but at the same time it's I feel like it's happening a lot more where indigenous people are speaking out and being heard I feel like for the first time maybe ever in this country um I feel like there's really starting to be a turn for for the better Exactly. It's it's time. Like we're we're in a movement. Yeah. We're it's living right now. And each and every one of us we're we're playing a part. 
Yeah. And, you know, people may think I'm not an activist, but if you're reposting, if you're talking about it, you're an activist, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so interesting and fun for me to talk with people from, again, when you know, we talk about all the different um, people who are indigenous coming from different backgrounds and like for you being immersed and born and raised on the reservation and that being, you know, similar to, you know, a lot of my cousins, but where Whereas with me, I'm finding and reconnecting with my roots now as an adult. And, um, and that's, and that's just as okay. And that's just as Mm -hmm. like important and necessary for, for me to speak out about my experiences as, you know, a white passing native, my dad's, you know, he's, he's full blood indigenous and my mother is white. And so there's been a lot of the way I was raised that was just pretty much like a white kid because my dad had Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, survival, traumas from passed down to him from his parents. Mm -hmm. And so I'm having, you know, to reconnect and that's beautiful just as much as, you know, being born and raised on a reservation and, and and being able to validate my experiences and your experiences and somebody else's experiences. And, Mm -hmm. um, I just, it's been, it's been a real whirlwind. And I think during this time of being home a lot has given us the time to, to really dive deep and, um, think and reconnect with, um, our, our ancestors and our, our heritage and, and traditions. Mm-hmm. I agree. You hit that on the nail. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I like growing up in a res, it's awesome, but it was hard for me too, you yeah. know, and being the way I look, you know, super melanated. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's like, you're not native. I was like, well, what is that? That's, mm-hmm. that's the mindset. And I'm like, no, we need to get rid of that. That's why I'm like, you know, we decolonizing the beauty industry because people think, okay, you look like this, you're Asian, you're Hispanic, you're white, you're black, and this is what native looks like. No, mm-hmm. that's not how we look like. Negative. Right. No, throw that out. Because we as native people, we're so different from each other it's just yeah. like we're not this one color yeah so that's why i just you know every time i have to get an interview they're like what makes you native yeah me <laughs> Existing. <laughs> what makes your brand so native uh i own the brand i'm native but yeah hello you know it's just- that's so yeah that is so strange people are just I don't know. They just have this idea. I think you mentioned it in your in your bio. Like there's in the media, there's just this this idea of what a native person looks like. And as part of your brand, you're just like, no, we're gonna break those those stereotypes. I feel like you moved past the the whole decolonizing the makeup industry. Like I feel like you're moving into the indigenizing the world in a way. Because I feel like we stand. <laughs> because you're bringing you're bringing practices and you're bringing your 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 spirituality and your traditions to the world in a way where you're not even like asking for permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just doing it. Yeah, you're just crushing <laughs> it, and you're just. I, I, I'm curious. Is there is there a bridge to gap? Or a gap to bridge between the your Houston office and your and your um, spaces on the res. Is there are there like traditional practices that you have to like that you have to do uh, on the res side of things, and then more corporatized things on the in the Houston base, or what does Definitely. that look like for you? Definitely, that's a good question. So you know, it, it's told that you know, like we're we're told that. If we leave outside the four sacred mountains, you know, outside our boundary, outside where our homelands, we must make an offering 
yeah. before we pass, you know? So definitely mm. every single time I leave, you know, I make my offering, I say my prayers. My husband and I, we, as we travel past the four sacred mountains, just pretty much in, in, in the summary, all the people, creator, I am your baby out here. I'm leaving the four sacred mountains. Yeah. <laughs> Protect your girl. She's out here trying to change the world. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, I still have to make, take, do those practices just so that, you know, I'm good here. And then, you know, even with me traveling, you know, we're not supposed to technically be up in the air, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm over here catching flights and I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's your girl again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going up in the air. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's like, I chuckle every time I'm like, but it's like things like, I, I, I'm traditional. So I'm traditional mm. modern. So, you know, I make my offerings so that, you know, your girl comes back down in one please. please. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but no, it's, you know, I still have my sage here. I still, mm. you know, do my practices here. My home, you know, it smells like cedar when you walk in. Um, my husband, you know, he's, he's full, he's black. So I had to, you know, he, practices with me so I'm like mm. this ain't gonna work if you don't so you better get yeah. on a bandwagon <laughs> or not <laughs> so you know I'm, I'm so glad of a partner that you know respects my culture and you know and participates with me so yes um but having it you know it, we're still operating the same because that's the goal was to operate on and off Navajo for mm. this very reason like look okay my reservation can be shut down but hey I'm still popping out here yeah. um Another thing, too, there's so many natives out here in Houston. And mm. they're like, can we go to our office? And I'm like, social distancing now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a virtual appointment. But the thing is, like, we're here. You know, when they saw that, I'm like, here. They're like, I'm here. I'm like, hey. But it's just so cool that, you know, we're in so many major cities. We're everywhere. Mm. And then people don't know it. So it's just like, turn on the light switch or removing that veil. They're like, what? I didn't know that that she was native or that person was native yeah now you know open your eyes world (laughs) we're here but um but yeah it's just you know again keeping things sacred and you know continue to practice our you know our traditional offerings and prayers and you know making sure you know I have my sage on me, smudging because you know there's a lot of negativity. I'm like, not today. Not today. <laughs> yeah. I gotta keep my, I gotta protect my control. I gotta keep this inner peace, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, nah, not today. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, I continue to practice here and off at home. And you yeah. know, there's a like I said, I build with prayer, and everything that I feel like that's that's the reason why I feel like we're we're able to get through this pandemic. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a millionaire yet, <laughs> but I'm getting there, yeah. but it's just like the little things, you know, just even being able to operate just yeah. to the, to the minimal part of being able to not be completely done, you know? So I feel like that's all in prayer because I, I, I feel like this vision of mine was given to me for a reason, yeah. you know? So I'm doing everything I can to fulfill it. And the thing is, you know, it's bigger than just being a beauty brand. Right. You know, it's so much more, so much more than just selling lipsticks and foundations. Well, foundations is important because we finally got our foundation match. But, <laughs> you know, it's so much bigger than that. And I feel like that's what's going to keep me, make, make me become iconic because it's bigger than just being a brand. Yeah. Right. Well, and a brand that people can feel. You know, you can feel me yeah. <laughs> through the phone. You care. <laughs> you care about the business, but you care about your people. You care about your customer. I mean, you care about 
everybody on every aspect of things. Mm-hmm. And I want to dial in a little bit on that. Um, how has that been operating under COVID? Because we all know that Native American lands are being hit massively harder than mm-hmm. uh, places that are just operating under the governance of the states. How has that been for you? What does that look like keeping your people safe? How does that how does that translate um, into into operating in safe spaces and respecting the health and safety of your people? Hey everyone, want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode. Well, all of us have like two stores, one in Gallup, which is a border town, which was another hot spot in New Mexico. Mm. And then the official storefront, I just opened on March 7th of oh. this year. Oh. So, y'all, I was only open for a week. It was oh, a beautiful no. week. Like, we made history again. Oh. And, and <laughs> But the thing was, like, when New York started going, you know, got hit hard, like, I, I just, like, I don't know, like, something, you know how that gut feeling? Yeah. And I was like, not that I... I wish this upon my reservation right now. And it's just like, I'm like, this is serious. There's so many people dying from this virus. And my staff is full of women and their caretakers, their, their mothers. Mm. I'm like, I can't. It's getting too close. Yeah. And before all the major stores closed, I closed. I literally sacrificed my business. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I know we were just barely there, but I can't open. Yeah. Let, let's just let's knock out two weeks. So I had to let everybody go. Oh. And it hurt me so much because I worked so hard to open yeah. that storefront. And that's another thing is operating on Navajo is a whole different animal. Um to remove red tape and everything, but mm. you know, I was able to do it. Anywho, my thing is, you know, I had to do my part to protect my staff, my family, and my community. Yeah. And I had to, you know, people are looking, are watching me and I'm like, you know what? I cannot put my people at risk. I know they want makeup, but mm. I even know that it's like another thing too. And me, I'm like being cautious about what they're conscious of what they're doing. I'm like, yeah. you don't need to buy my makeup. Buy mm. essential things. Yeah. Like literally, I know a businesswoman like you like, hey, bye, 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 bye. But I'm like, no, everyone stock up on supplies. Yeah. Do this, do that. Like, I'm not going nowhere. Mm. But again, like, I think that's ma- t- makes me different than other brands is like, I'm over here like, no, I'm not going to promote no, no beauty products. I'm promoting everyone to stay home, wash your hands, wear your mask until I felt like it was like an okay moment. And then I was like, okay, guys, hey, we can do this virtually. This is the foundation, yada, yada, yada. But I gave myself time and because not only I had to prepare for the lockdown with my family yeah. and it was like, it's just. A time and place. Everything's tiny. And it's, again, it's so much bigger. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to be that brand that just stuff, you know, stuffs products down people's timelines, you know? I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. You know, that can wait. But right now, family first. And that's what I always push because my staff are, they're like my family. I care about them. And I'm really busting my butt to this day so that I keep this going so that they can come back to yeah. a job, you know? So I'm doing everything in my power to you know, stay afloat so that when it's safe, I can reopen and they have a job waiting for them. They can start making some money to provide for their family and friends. Yeah. So, well, we will definitely be cheering you on for whenever that, that time comes. And we hope 
sooner than later. But of course, mm-hmm. everything in, you know, caution. And it's like we hope and want everything to just be done and over with. But at the same time, realizing that, like you said, having the exactly. safety of family and your friends and, and people having their and safety only a in few mind. hospitals at home too. Right. You know, it's not like out here where there's an urgent care every five seconds and then there's like, you know, major hospitals. At my at home there's I think I believe like seven. Mm-hmm. And there's like limited test kits. And our poor health healthcare workers are working, you know, like thousands of hours a week. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. not it's 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 just not right. Even when things kind of settle down. I just didn't feel it was right. You know, yeah. you know, like we're kind of reopening. We're in an orange phase, mm. but I just never felt it was right. Something in me, look, the third wave came and I'm yeah. like, I, it's just not right. And I'm like, I just cannot put our healthcare workers, you know, at risk as well. I mean, they're already at risk, but you know, to add yeah. more to their plate and it's just, be, just being mindful of the, my surroundings and my community. So, yeah. If I was, if I had a store here in Houston, oh baby, we would have been on and popping. But, <laughs> but you know, it's just one of those things of like, you know, no, this can wait. I feel that, you know, it's again, it's timing, and I, I can always rebuild. I can mm. always reproduce product. I can always create new product, but mm. I cannot recreate a life. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's my 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 line there. I'm not going that far. You know, this is material things I produce. I cannot jeopardize a life over something I could just always remake. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. I, I want to jump back into one last piece before we close off here that you had mentioned just before we got into talking about uh, all this COVID stuff. And that was uh, you're talking about bringing your husband into the fold of your spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. And you've talked a bit about how we all as people need to work together because we all will survive if we all work towards it. And I'm Mm -hmm. curious, what does that is? Is there appropriate time and space for uh, non-native people, non-indigenous people to work those practices into their own spirituality or does that, or is that always going to come across as spiritual appropriation? No, that's a good question. So, well, I believe, you know, because the things like, okay, like when we sage ourselves and et cetera, et cetera, like everyone has sage now, you know, mm. everyone does it like on Instagram and stuff. I feel like those, like if you do it within your own sacred in your own church, I say, like in your own home or yeah. in your own office, you do it for yourself and not for clout. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, look, I'm smudging, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you're non-native, but you do believe in it and you do it within your own sacred space, I feel, honestly, I feel like that's okay. Yeah. Because like down to like cedar and sage, that's universal. Yeah. It's just not, it's not just my tribe. All tribes do it. Right. And, you know, my husband being black, you know, the Africans have sage, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's really, it's really universal in a way Uh, when it comes down to like traditional ceremonies and stuff like that's where, you know, it gets a little tricky. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I feel like prayers are very powerful and we pray in our own language, you know, we pray in English, but we pray and all our prayers are 
you know, we're hitting the same points. We all want safety. We want, we all want health. We all want protection, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're, we're covering our family and our loved ones and our people with prayer. And I feel like as we continue to, I feel, how do I explain? It's like no one owns anything. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, you I, I know, yeah. I feel like the power of prayer is strong. And when we, as the people come together, we're stronger and it's just a whole vibe. It's a whole, it's an energy. And I feel like when we all are in that one sync energy of healing, of reconnecting, of, you know, trying to heal the world mm-hmm. as one, then I could see us making some real changes, you know, right now we're on different frequency levels, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but you know, I feel like, you know, brands like myself and others who are trying to, trying to connect to people, trying to unite the world. I feel like these are because we're, that, that, that's, that's it. That's what we need. We mm. need more love. We need more positive energy. We need to heal. Yeah. And I feel that, we can do that. Yeah. All people, you know, we're all like all people are indigenous to where they come from. So when we say indigenous people, you shoot, if you're from Asia, from Europe, from Australia, from Africa, from South America, North America, doesn't matter. Dang, we're all indigenous to our homeland. So we all exactly. indigenous. Yes. <laughs> That's, you know, you I, know, I was just about to say that, like, I, you know, I get messages sometimes from people who are asking about different traditions and customs, if they are allowed to, you know, um, use sage or what, what parts are like appropriation, what are not, you know, and I do, I do kind of help them and point them in the right directions. And you talk about white sage and just, you know, all of that. I try to, I try to educate, but I also, one thing I, I like to tell people about is that, yeah, like you said, like, they have ancestors too. <laughs> like they have, they, there's an indigenous, yeah, they, they come from somewhere. Everybody has a starting point. Everybody came from a, a land somewhere with customs and traditions and, and spiritual practices. And you can call it spirituality. You can call it magic. You can call, I mean, there's so many different verbiage depending on where you, you know, where you come from and you know, who you, who you, who you are and who your ancestors are. And I encourage people to look into into their heritage. And people just think that, you know, only natives get heritage. <laughs> and only natives have no. ancestors. And that's just not true. I mean, we all do. And we all have something special. Um, and I, I actually helped a friend recently. She's She's Italian. And I was like, well, let's, I mean, yes, ask your family if you have family. But if you don't, like... This is the this is the time where technology does step in. We can play and we can research. And um, I kind of helped her uh, choose some things to add to her spiritual practice that you know resonated with her and her um, her background and her heritage. And so that was really fun for me to be able to point people, you know, in in their direction. Um, but like you said, the bottom line is energy, uh, healing, and love, and that that common ground. Exactly, and that's all we want. Yeah, you know, I feel like that's that's, that's like the, the the thing. That's the goal, the ultimate goal, is when the, our whole world. Because I was like, we're, I know we're getting off off subject, but like, just imagine what our ancestors were doing before all this crazy chaos. They were yeah. all helping each other. I yeah. I know that for a fact. They were all in a peace and harmony and stuff. But we need to go back to that moment when we were all just one. Yeah, agreed. 
Agreed. (laughs) And I mean, I don't think there's really, there's really nothing else to say that is the bottom line. And that's what we're about here, like in our little family, but also in um, here on this podcast. And that's, that is truly what we're about. And the, the last thing I guess we want to say is, everybody go get your makeup yeah. <laughs> online. But I, I mean, <laughs> on top of that too, this has been beautiful and I can't wait for your podcast that you've got coming up yeah. so that we can listen to you more often. Yes, y'all. It's, at first it was, it was a little rocky. My first episode, like <laughs> I was so nervous, but then out there, it's like, you know, I got a hang of it, but it's just, <laughs> you know, I feel like these are discussions we need to have, yeah. you know? And you know, there's only so much you can say on social media. And I feel like there's right. so much I want to say. And, and that was, that was the avenue I had to take. It's like, so, so people can get to know me. Yep. You know, I'll be like, what is she up to? And watch this brand grow. Like I'm literally taking people on a journey with me and like, no, this is what I did. Literally, this is what I did. And don't make them, you know, I tell them my mistakes, learn from these. So you don't make these. Cause yeah. I, you know, I don't want my people to struggle. Yeah. I want them to go past me. You know, I'm over here trying to go far, but go further than me. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yeah. True. Let me open this door. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's such a good image. And that's what, you know, that's what we can only hope for and pray for and, 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 and strive after. And, you're what, just paving the way. What, what was it that Kamala Harris just said recently? She said her I'm grandma used to tell her oh. that you'll often be the first to do something, but make sure you're not the last. Yes, exactly. She's yeah. the first woman in, in, in the White House and she's not and that, that she's not going to be the last. And that's exactly. And I heard that, too. And I was like, whoa. And I'm like, that's exactly how I feel, too. Right. Because like I have no competition with my sisters and brothers that are in this in this industry with me. Yeah. So, now I'm after those sharks out there. I'm trying to be them. Right. And, you know, and, and that's the goal. Like I'm, you know, forever, like you probably see my, my social media, like go buy from them, fill our, your, your makeup bag, your, your skincare counter with all our brands. Like there's so much room for everybody to grow. There's so many podcasts out there. Like go support them all get those, those listens up. Like, come on guys, we have to come <laughs> together more than anything. And there's so much room for everybody to be successful. Yeah. And I feel like once we're at that, that when we can all, I guess, I guess, I guess my black side comes in when we all get to eat. <laughs> we good. <laughs> I'm a little red. I'm a little hood. Don't get it. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. That'll be the tagline of this, uh, this episode. <laughs> oh my God. But no, I love it though. I wouldn't trade this for the world. And I feel like this is my true purpose and getting, getting to share the story and getting to talk to people. And that's our medicine. We're healing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, everyone listening, um, I, I do want to point out all of, all of her social media platforms, the podcast. And so of course I'll have it all listed down below. It's not just makeup, it's lifestyle. And she does, um, face cleansing and lotions and it's everything all in one place. Like she's just amazing. She's kind of hitting it all. Um, so everyone please just like go check her out and check the links down below. And as always, thanks so much for listening until next time. Bye. Bye.